0: Fired Up! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the mothership of all things feminism. This is Fired Up, a podcast that celebrates women who are fearless in the pursuit of what sets their soul on fire. Women who break the mold and dare to dream. Grab a seat and take your place in a safe space for bold conversations on charting our own path. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fired Up. I'm your host, Sheila Bet. We are now on the fifth and final episode of the Feminism and Family series. Today, we're going down the motherhood rabbit hole and trying to figure out the choices that mothers have to make today. You could be a boss babe and run an empire while delegating childcare to a nanny. Or set it all down and focus on raising your kids and running the home like a lot of housewives or tradwives as the internet calls them. Better yet, why not adorn your superhero cap and do it all? Be a supermama and a career woman. Feminism is all about being able to make the choice, right? But is it that simple? Today's episode will mostly focus on mothers, but in a world full of choices, Wouldn't it be great for men to be facing this very conundrum? I don't know, you be the judge. The motherhood journey more often than not starts in pregnancy and each individual pregnancy is different from the next. To one woman, it's the most glorious time. Her skin is glowing, the bump is bumping and everyone is so sweet and kind, offering smiles and congratulations in every corner you turn. You're carrying the future generation after all. No need to drag your feet to the back of the queue in the supermarket, there's a cashier especially for you. When you have to make a bank run, accessing the premium banking suite is easy peasy. Maybe you didn't get nauseous for a single day during your first trimester and the energy came right back by month four. For many others, though, the surge of hormones sends your body on a tailspin. You might be retching every morning and be completely repulsed by the idea of food. All this compounded if you work in an office five or six days a week or a restaurant where you have to be on your feet for most of the day and your boss expects you to show up no matter how you're feeling. Pregnancy is the point at which most women start to really think through the possibilities. When does maternity leave begin? How long can you spend with the newborn before you have to get back to work? Where can you find someone you can trust enough to leave at home with your barely four-month-old baby? Decisions, decisions, decisions. And yet, many hardly have the power to make these choices. Babies cost a lot of money, and depending on your lifestyle, more often than not, two incomes are needed to sustain a household. So how has motherhood evolved over time, and how is it shaping up to be in the 21st century? The working woman is not a new construct. Men and women worked in different capacities and often besides each other throughout history. It's safe to say that we all started out communally. It took living in groups and moving in numbers to ensure security of the tribe or village. In the hunter-gatherer societies, men would go out to hunt and women would be home taking care of the children. They would cook the food that the men brought back for the entire family. This is similar to what we now know as the typical, traditional home setup. But how I see it, especially back then, was each one of us was using their strength and doing what was necessary for the survival and thriving of the entire family. Somehow, along the way, the typical role of the woman started to be seen as less important and she more dependent on the man than a partner. In some cultures in Africa and beyond, women did not only toil in the fields, they also built the home from scratch and went to the market to trade while nurturing the babies and taking care of the home. The woman who did it all isn't new either. One of the distinctive parts of what society looked like in the past is parenting or the raising of children was done by more than just the parents. It was a collective responsibility. This goes on until date in some cultures and communities worldwide. But one of the major shifts that were brought about by modernity and the industrial period, all workspaces that are exclusively for work, was a dismantling of community. In villages, even today, tasks like sowing and harvesting, even the preservation of food, is done by groups of people. Helping each other is the odour of the day all hands on deck. As we've now moved towards individual lifestyles, living in the city where you don't know your neighbour and most of us are closed off behind four walls, the tasks it takes to raise children, run a home and put food on the table have multiplied. There's hardly any division of labour anymore. Add in the empowerment of the woman to earn her own money and even pursue career for personal fulfilment and the face of family has now drastically changed. Women now wait longer before they can have children and when they do, it's easier to have just one or two. The multitasking required to raise healthy and well-adjusted children while affording to give them the best chances in life and nurture a loving relationship between the parents is a mammoth task we all now have to take on. As aspirational as all this is, it comes with some challenges. Naturally, we're all built differently. For some, the homemaker role is of utmost importance and worth every sacrifice, including the risk of being fully dependent on the husband or breadwinner. For others, their career is an extension of themselves and challenges beyond the household are necessary to retain sanity or just overall wellbeing. Some women find it hard to choose. They want to be there for their children as much as humanly possible, but also crave the challenge of working to earn a living and the added benefit of a stronger sense of independence. Outside of the realm of choice, many just have to work to make ends meet and get creative with juggling between motherhood and having a job. So what motivates these decisions? Let's start with a homemaker. Now, more than ever, we're starting to witness a return of the homemaker, or at least the romanticism of this role in family life. On social media, she goes by the popular moniker Tradwife, short for Traditional Housewife. And there's a growing trend of women who've chosen this lifestyle. Some women drop out of college to become full time homemakers. This breed of homemaker prefers to be home and live the controversial phrase of a woman's place. Even before having children, she'll stay home and maintain the house, cook the meals and cater to her husband. Her free time will be spent honing skills that will serve the household or her future children, like sewing, crocheting, baking and even getting crafty. The environment that can allow for this choice is certainly the ability of the man to financially support the woman by paying all the bills and working full-time usually. They also have to be on the same page as a couple in the sense that they see each other's roles as vital to their overall well-being. And this is also sometimes rooted in religious beliefs or their general worldview. Now, many would frown upon this lifestyle, seeing as it was a common thread not too long ago. Some of our generation, those in their 20s and 30s, witnessed this with their own parents where the father worked outside for himself or an employer, and the mother worked at home for the home. More often than not, this led to a hierarchical dynamic between the couple. The man would often have the last say on matters, money as he brought home the bacon. I've heard of some strange manifestations of this level of power. A friend recently confided in me about her distaste for pork. Growing up, her father was the main earner. Her mother did some trading on the side, but he made most of the money. He happened to really love pork and would rock up with a chunk from the butcher most evenings, but only enough to feed him. The mom would cook him pork and the rest of the family would have something else, perhaps just vegetables with a ugali. Her reaction was interesting. She psychologically associated this with something so negative that she would have a strong physical reaction to pork whenever she had a chance to eat it. To this day, she will not eat pork. In other cultures, you also hear of parts of an animal that are considered delicacies and therefore only eaten by men. These seemingly mild discriminations greatly affect our perception of the value of one sex over the other. It is reinforced in the woman or mother and cultivated in the children who observe these dynamics play out as they grow up. The result is the children rebelling against this way of life or perceiving it as normal, therefore mirroring this problematic behaviour. Quite a number of women come to the decision of becoming a homemaker when they become mothers. They realise that climbing the career ladder requires more time and energy than they're willing to sacrifice at the expense of their children. But a major issue that an exclusive homemaker often faces is that she is at the behest of her husband and without access to funds of her own. In that case, if the man falls ill, for example, and can't work for a long time, there's usually no backup plan. This could vary from household to household depending on their money management skills. A homemaker role could also include financial independence. Many have used the opportunity and time they have to gain creative skills that can later benefit them monetarily. And they are sometimes very lucrative. Some YouTube channels I personally enjoy watching just to relax are by Korean housewives who make elaborate meals and have a lot of useful homemaking ideas to share, including eco-friendly living on the home front. They often have a very beautiful aesthetic and share their everyday wisdom with a global audience. Considering how successful some of these channels have become, with millions of followers, I'd call them working moms. They manage their homes, but also pursue a craft that takes a lot of time and skill to accomplish. That's the thing. Most of us would lazily assume that a housewife would be laying on the couch and watching endless hours of television or gossiping with the neighbors. But quite often, these women have very elaborate hobbies that sometimes turn into businesses. Some very popular household goods were created by housewives who took time and effort to hone necessary skills like baking, pickling, food prep, and even figuring out cleaning hacks that could cause less harm to people and the environment. They might share this information on blog posts or social channels and serve a great value to the larger public. Others are more artistic and create beautiful tapestries or end up pivoting into interior design, party planning and so on. This idea that housewives are lazy and less than industrious is often a myth and it can easily be debunked by spending a day or two with someone who's living this very lifestyle. So what about career oriented moms? What is their lot in life? Any women inclined to prioritising work over full-time motherhood will tell you that they wouldn't have it any other way. Career moms have different reasons for juggling the two or pausing on childcare and enrolling the help of a nanny or a trusty family member while they take care of business. And they come in an assortment. Some are boss babes running their own companies, while others are high-flying executives in the C-suite or running high-powered careers in non-profit agencies or organizations. But a lot of those who work in employment have to make compromises with their bosses and can only take so much time off before their employer develops wandering eyes and starts shopping for a replacement. Depending on which part of the world you find yourself, the fate of an employed career woman can look like night and day. In some countries like Germany, for example, you could take up to a year off for maternity leave and focus on taking care of your baby. Your job would be sitting pretty and waiting for your return. In at least six months out of that year, you would be getting paid a full salary, but even as the year progresses money is still checking into your bank account. That way, you can devote your time and energy on child rearing and enjoying the gifts of motherhood without any cash worries. But in most of the world, mothers get about three months of maternity leave. If you've organized yourself well, you might have saved about a month worth of paid leave and get up to four months off. Now, three months is hardly an age where you're comfortable to leave your baby behind and get back to work. There are so many things that can put a damper on your progression in the workplace. If you're breastfeeding exclusively, for instance, you have to constantly pump and micromanage yourself and the baby to make sure there's enough milk for full supply while you're away at work. The act of breastfeeding is a great bonding exercise that you'll have to miss out on if you have to go to an office, as most do not offer or provide daycare services. Another challenge you contend with as a working mom, is leaving your baby in the care of another. Those of us who live in Africa and Asia can often afford to hire help in the form of a nanny, but that's not as easy a solution as one might think. Vetting your baby's primary caregiver while you go off to work can be quite a grueling process. Even with the best of the best, sometimes emergencies occur and they are not available to show up. Then you have to either work from home or find a quick fix. Now there are many ways career moms have become creative with this and one of them is to form strong networks of fellow moms who have their own vetted household staff. Even though it's tough to enlist the help of community in our physical spaces, the online world through WhatsApp and other mom forums plays a great role in offering practical, emotional and mental support to the modern mom. Some moms choose career over full-time mothering because they need to have something for themselves, a daily undertaking that fulfills their goals and desire to be useful in the outside world. They might also have talents and skills that are best placed outside of the home. This is not to mean that they neglect their role, of motherhood, but it needs to be complemented by work that is intellectually challenging. The opportunity to interact with their peers in whatever field is a really good incentive too, as it also includes a life outside of the home. I was so lucky to be able to take time off to focus on my new role as mother because I work independently. Now, this was a privilege that I will always be grateful for. I did recognize an itch after some months to return to a part of myself that had little to do with being a mother. But a really big motivation to be productive outside of mothering for me was my own child. I believe that our children benefit most from observation, and if they grow up seeing their parents fulfilled in every aspect, they can also be that for themselves. For some of us, career means a lot. (laughs) They can learn to find a way to live their fullest, truest life, whatever that looks like. A phenomenon that is no stranger to the full-time career mom is mom guilt. The nagging feeling that you're not doing enough, being enough, or giving enough of yourself to your child children. Most of the time it's unfounded as you could be doing the best you can by any standards. A lot of this guilt is fueled by society and its expectations of a selfless mother who puts her needs aside at all times to cater to her children. Sometimes it's a pressure that we place upon ourselves thinking that we might ruin our children or be the reason they have to see a therapist later in life. It might just be one of those things that all mothers learn to live with, or to quiet down as they grow in this new role. We must always remind ourselves that the best we can do is enough, even as we learn and grow and do better. Majority of mothers likely fall in the middle. They're constantly in a balancing act, trying to be the best mother and most productive worker they can be. The truth is that sometimes one will suffer slightly more than the other. We might drop one while juggling the other well, and this could be seasonal. Keeping our expectations of ourselves on a realistic level can help manage this balancing act and we can sometimes make sacrifices that have a positive outcome in the long run. It's the game of life. Play your cards right and hope for the best. To wrap this up no choice is better than the other. A fulfilled career woman who brings home the bacon and tucks her babes at night, giving them as much love and attention as she can master is just as good as the one who dedicates her entire life to the raising of healthy, happy, and holistic tots. The mom who has to do it all is often doing her best motherhood looks different depending on who you're talking to and kids can handle far more than we give them credit for. Hopefully those we love and care for can appreciate and understand what works best for us and support us to have the best outcome for the entire household. What are your thoughts on this topic? Would you be a homemaker if your partner was financially capable and willing to be the breadwinner or would you rather have a career and the support of a nanny during your work hours? Or are you the one who chooses to do it all? Share your take on the comment section. And if you enjoyed this and other episodes, give us a like, share and subscribe. And finally, I'd like to wish you all happy holidays. Enjoy your Christmas season and the New Year's. And until next year, have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas period. You've been listening to It Up and I've been your host, Sheila Bett.